Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 70 of the Post 20 Podcast. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. How are we this week, brother? Good. It's good. Uh, April, recording on April Fool's Day. Yep. I already got baited into a few online social media things. <laughs> as always, people find it as an excuse to just put absolute blasphemy online. Yeah. Well, the thing is, sometimes, like, There'll be an actual story that breaks too. That's real. Like Roy yeah. Williams, fa- famous UNC coach, retired after 33 seasons today. But then right next to that, like I saw one that I saw a tweet from uh, Duke men's basketball that said like we're um, we're creating a new stadium. We're tearing down Cameron Indoor, right? And it's right next to Roy Williams retiring tweet. Oh my god! So, and it got so many people. I'm sure it was curated like that on so many people's or feeds, you know unreal yeah so uh yeah i i got baited into a couple ones too um but but nothing too serious i've gotten really like really got before yeah um but yeah um not much going going on other than that i'm just kind of hanging out doing school work playing golf same old shit um work's going all right yeah, not too bad. Um, I like I'm holding down a route right now, so I'm doing the same thing every day. So oh, that's nice. I kinda, so I kind of got a routine going, and don't have to deal with as much helping other people out. But that's not a big deal. Hours are hours, so yeah, it's something I'm gonna be doing the rest of the month because the guy's gonna be out. He's getting a he's getting an operation on his shoulder. Oh, okay, he's had like multiple issues with his shoulder, so he's out the whole month of April. Damn, that's pretty brutal. I feel that shoulder yeah. pain. That is absolute shit. It hurts so much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, we'll move uh, right on to our games. Um, obviously, nothing to a recap. Last week was the international break. Um, not a ton to say. U.S. men's national team with two wins, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, they two the wins. men's, the first team won both games. They won 4 1 against Jamaica. <laughs> Test had his first yeah. career international goal, was a nice goal, and then the second leg or second match against North Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that was the first time in six years we beat a European team on European soil. Just nice, rare. Mm-hmm. A lot of good players getting minutes, and then on the other hand, the U twenty threes were the qualifying team for the World Cup, right? Yeah, they didn't qualify for the Olympics. They needed to or, beat, that's what I mean, Olympics. They needed to beat Honduras, I think, or was it El Salvador and they lost and they didn't make it. So everybody's pissed off about that. Uh I saw you you liked a tweet or you replied to Josie Altador's tweet talking about how uh Taylor Twelman's response to it all. A lot of people are button heads over the issues and whatnot. Well, I mean, like like we've made it known, like you hate Josie. I don't like Josie. I think he's shit. He's been shit for a long time. I mean, yeah. he's he's got a couple notable performances for the men's national team and probably even less notable performances for his club teams. He is yeah. shit. He was never good. He's just a big lumbering donkey. And I... Like, what... what uh, Taylor Twelman wasn't anything special either. Uh, he's still playing, though. Um, isn't he? He's still playing for a club team. Taylor Twellman? Yeah, I thought so. No, he's been an analyst for like ESPN and 
for a little while now. Who I think I might thinking? do a yeah. Fox, actually. I'm thinking of somebody else. Anyway, either way, it doesn't matter. Josie shouldn't have any sort of... He shouldn't be con- he shouldn't be making any sort of commentary on another men's national team's player's career. I just don't I don't see the the point behind it. What's his deal? Like why is Josie so mad? Yeah, I just think it's when somebody attacks something they care about, they get real butthurt about stuff, but I don't know. Josie never won anything internationally besides no, ups and that. He's a shit player. Yeah, and like you said, club-wise, he hasn't won anything major either outside the MLS. I think he's won one or two MLS uh, cups like the after the, the playoffs. I think he's won a couple of those. But other than that, he hasn't won anything crazy. His European career was terrible. Sunderland. And then, yeah, he would play in the Prem. Like we said, two years, one goal. They got relegated, I think, his last year there. And I don't know. It's just it's you shouldn't really be coming out at coming at again anybody because people are gonna come right back at you and you just you know what you're getting yourself into at that point. Yeah, I mean I think he it seemed to be divisive though. There was a lot of people that were defending him. I don't know why. I think there's a lot of really misguided fans, US men's national team fans, players, people that aren't necessarily even interested in the game outside of the men's national team which i know is strange to think about but there are actually fans that just care about the the men's national team and the mls Uh, i personally can't imagine because those things are you know they pale in comparison to the game in in other countries Uh, honestly like i really don't give that much of a fuck about the men's national team it's great when the world cup rolls around but as we've seen they're not always going to be in those big competitions. We don't get to watch them in the Euro. And there's going to be a lot of years where we're not going to get to see them play in the World Cup. It's just what happens. Because they they suck and, and they're not run the way that they should be. Um, so I've kind of, over the years, started to care less and less. Now, when we see them in the World Cup, um, this upcoming World Cup, maybe that'll change a little bit. But, man, I have a hard time claiming them. Plus, like their the personalities of a lot of them are just so terrible. This this upcoming you know youthful generation, I think, will maybe change that a little bit because these guys have been playing in Europe and play yeah. a more European style, um, and are obviously just more talented. But I think one thing, sorry, I think one thing major that's lacking is knowing more about these players on a personal level. Like you know how in tv shows and in movies there's like character development and all that yeah. and you learn people's backstories and they they give you reasons to want to watch them every week whether it's a tv show or whatnot like we don't know anything about these people and that's why i think there's a big factor why people don't care to watch obviously people want to watch the best and yeah. if they're not the best, if people care about them and want to know more and see how they're doing, then they'll still tune in. So yeah. I think that's another th- reason why they lack in viewership and and like people constantly go to the games. You could say the same thing for the women too. But yeah, I don't know. I'm always going to ride with the U.S. team, whether they do bad or not. And it's a really big shame that they can't make these major tournaments, uh, first being the 2018 World Cup and now the Olympics this summer, 2021. It's really disheartening, and people just go right after the top dogs at U.S. Federation. I think they should. They should have been putting more of an effort to yeah. talk to these clubs about getting these top players in these qualifier matches. And 
I'd rather see them in a U23 Olympic qualifier match than just a international friendly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally, I totally feel you with that. Um, it's just like more of a show thing. I feel like there's no, there's no real desire to win, and there hasn't been um, since since Sunil Galati stepped down. It's been a little bit better, but for a long time, the the men's soccer, uh, USMNT rather, just directionless and and that is what we're dealing with now i mean we're dealing with the aftermath of that they're trying to clean it up and finally we have these young players like i said you have players like weston mckinney you have players like like dest like Gio Reyna. like these guys are generational talents i think and you even even in the European game, you're gonna see them become stalwarts and mainstay names, and th- this is the type of generation that we have to capitalize on. Otherwise, the the men's national team will be doomed, like it has been for the past, you know, twenty five years. Yeah, I wanted to Beb, go back to what originally started that conversation, the Josie Altidore tweet. Yeah, sorry. So he he replied to one soccer talking about twelve men, and like he he was quoted saying that the failure for the the Olympic qualifier team was pathetic and laughable. And then Josie's tweet was, and I quote, Taylor Twillman national team career was laughable. Beasley should be that analyst or Amia Ham. Twillman need to be on extra time radio with Bobby Warsaw. He he a white boy with connects. Stop giving him a platform, end quote. And I then mean, to make it even fun make it even funnier, like Twillman responded, I think a few hours later talking about um he said, no matter what we do on the field, it's what we do off the field. And that is most important as athletes. And then he started talking about Josie Altidore's charity and foundation of that. And then Altidore replied again, saying, your money can't fix this big, strong, powerful issue. Acknowledge it and be better. I don't want nor need your charity. So, yeah, there you go. Way to be a, so a role dumb. model there. Nice jo- role model. Josie just being a moron. Like I, I have said many times now straight up donkey and he's he's obviously a donkey in real life too not just on the pitch um so fuck you josie rest in piss i hope i never see you suit up again i actually hate you all smiles um in all seriousness though like what has he done what has he done in when it matters nothing you're talking about on the field yeah I honestly don't know, man. I just uh, he's unclaimable, in my opinion. I don't. I, I'm really. I'm. I was kind of mad when I saw that this morning. I was in the car, like I, I went to a funeral this morning. So right before I went to the funeral, I was I was kind of like browsing over that stuff and looking at it, and it just seemed like nonsense. Like he just got his panties in a wad over over nothing. I, I don't it didn't make any sense to me. It pissed me off. Um. He's got he's got to be on my top five most hated men's national team players. Kind of been yeah. on this. I've been on that like men's national team hate spree for a couple of weeks now. We've talked about it a couple of times. Yeah, uh, it's it, it, that generation of of players on that team are going away now. And like you said, we're getting a new generation coming up, and we need to learn more about them to see who they really are. But yeah, I don't know how I'm much sure grit that- they have, but. Uh, I think we can move on. Okay. Um, match week 30 of 38. Only eight weeks left. Uh, first game, Chelsea versus West Brom. 
Um, April 3rd, 7.30 a.m. I am with Chelsea here. They still haven't lost under, uh, under Double T. They looked pretty sharp the last time I watched them. What was that? That was the draw, wasn't it? With, uh... Hold on. The last time they played against Leeds? Yeah, it was the nil-nil draw against Leeds. Yeah. Um, defensively sharp, offensively kind of flat. Uh, they've been flat, really, since he took over. I think... Um, was Mount benched in that game? In the Leeds game? Yeah. Um... This is so long ago, I feel like. Yeah, this goes back like four weeks ago now. I mean, that was like when um, we were in the middle of the Champions League stuff. Like he was rotating squad fitness and all that. And here, I got it up right here. Cool. Um, Mount started. He played. He went Havertz up top, Pulisic, Ziyech, and Mount. Okay. He had, he had Werner on the bench. Uh, okay. Um. Yeah, so I mean... Chelsea versus a West Brom team that's absolutely floundering. I don't really see West Brom providing any sort of fight against this Chelsea side. Like I said, strong defense. West Brom not really going to break that down. Um, they really kind of just pack it in and and play on the counter. Uh, and they've looked. Oh, they've had some some shining moments in the past couple weeks. Um, but altogether, I'd say West Brom are are still a pretty shit team. Definitely going down. And I don't see them being the team to. Uh, to to beat Chelsea. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, rotation here. We had we picked up a few injuries uh, over the break. Uh, N'Golo Conte, Hudson Odoi, they're they're at like fifty percent right now with hamstring and shoulder issues. I think Mendy had a tooth issue before the break. Wait, he went and dealt a, with a tooth issue. Yeah, he had to go like do a dental procedure over the the international break so i don't know if he'll play or not so okay. i go with keppa but they're saying he's gonna he's potentially gonna come back saturday so hopefully and then Jorginho might be missing as well so we might get a little bit of rotation in there maybe billy gilmore will get a start that'd be nice to see uh the last time we played west brom was the 3-3 draw absolute scenes i don't know how um we were down three nothing somehow in the first half and then the boys pulled it back um tammy abraham getting that equalizer in the 93rd minute yeah i'm gonna go with the chelsea win here mm -hmm. it's just it makes sense looking at the table west Bromer right there with sheffield in the worst form and there's not really much else to say this is one of the one of the biggest chalk picks you can go with and it makes total sense yeah i agree uh okay moving on another Pretty easy chalk pick, I think. Leeds United versus Sheffield United. This game is the 10 a.m. game on April 3rd. I am siding with Patty Bamford and Leeds. Um, Sheffield, just just really, really flat. Um, beaten 5-0 uh, by Leicester City on March 14th. That was the game in which Kalechi Iannaccio scored a hat trick. Uh, they got absolutely pumped. I mean... Ethan Epdu scored an own goal in that game, and their defense and attack are looking equally shambolic. Leeds starting to sharpen it up a little bit, I feel, in the past couple weeks. Great result against Chelsea, like we already talked about. Um, and I think, although they, they are just coming off international break, as all the other teams are, um, that they carry a little bit of momentum into this game. 
and they'll certainly be looking to beat up on this Sheffield United team who are down bad. Yeah, I'm right there with you. They have nothing to play for. The manager gave up on them. The Unfortunately, their fans aren't able to come to the games to support them for whoever would want to go. And, I mean, like a quarter of the team's injured. They have so many issues injury-wise. And they're sitting 23 losses out of 29 matches, which is on track to be the worst ever. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean, Leeds is a team that would potentially give them a run here to make it competitive because they can be hit or miss sometimes to play down to their competition. Mm-hmm. But I th- I think these guys will be fine after a nice long break where not a lot of very few of them had international duty so a lot of them got well well deserved rest so they should be coming out firing here at least three goals i agree i think that's probably that's probably fair over two and a half very very crisp in this uh in this matchup we'll move on because i don't think there's really all that much to dissect uh in any sheffield fixture just because they're so bad um, the manager giving up, like Chris Wilder giving up on them, I think really sealed their, their fate too. They were never coming back, but that that was the, the fork. Yeah. Okay, this is probably, well, it's either this or Arsenal-Liverpool, but I'd say this is probably the matchup of the week. Leicester City take on Manchester City. I I don't know where I stand with this. I think, like we've said many times, it's hard to bet against City, uh, Manchester yeah. City, that is. I think I'd probably stick with them here, too. Um, but Leicester looked really, really sharp against Sheffield. Uh, Iannaccio obviously really has his scoring boots on the past couple weeks. He mm-hmm. in, in, like, three fixtures, he had, like, almost, I think five goals or four goals. So that's that's a really nice run of form for him. Um, taking some of that load off of Vardy. And the rest of that side has been playing really well, too. Um, Tielemans, fantastic. They should have uh, Harvey Barnes and James Madison back, I think. No, Barnes is going to be out for Oh, a Barnes had longer. the ligament, right? Ligament? Yeah. yeah. He'll okay. be out for a few more weeks. But you're right about Madison. Madison should be available, and Ricardo Pereira should be available. Those guys are coming back. So, so those are two huge additions, yeah. I'm, I guess I'm with Manchester City. I mean, this is a really hard one for me. I, my, my gut's telling me that Leicester could actually pull this off um, or at least draw, but City doesn't end games in a lot of draws, and neither does Leicester. So I think picking one of the teams is a must. I just, I don't know. Where do you stand? Well, the last time these guys played, Leicester beat City 5-2, to two, one yeah. of City's three losses this season. But controversially, there were three penalties given to Leicester. <laughs> yeah. a, lot of VAR, a lot of VAR was in this matchup previously back in uh, September. Uh, Leicester's the home. Man City have been so good when it comes to injuries. They've yeah. picked up very few. And when the critical guys have gotten hurt, other other guys have stepped up to the plate. Uh, i.e. when De Bruyne got hurt, you had guys like uh, Mares and Phil Foden pick up some slack. Bernardo mm-hmm. Silva, uh, likewise, obviously, when Aguero can get hurt, you have a Jesus in there. Uh, Sterling kind of slides into that shadow striker role. So a lot of versatility for that team. I think Brendan Rodgers is a great manager. Uh, he's created a good system with Leicester. That's why they've been competitive. And the past two seasons, they've been in the top four race or even the top six. At Sometimes they've dropped off. but. Uh, a Leicester win here would be huge, I think, for the league in general because 
uh, if City could would lose this game and Man United would actually win a game handily. Mm-hmm. It's only an 11-point gap with Man United having a game in hand on City, so you could start opening up talks about potentially a crumble, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I definitely think City's going to win this game here. I think they've learned from their mistakes in the past, and they're an unstoppable force, so I'm going to go with a City win. Okay, yeah, I think I'm with you. Um, the more I think about it, I just don't think Leicester can knock City off, no matter how, how good Leicester have played um, in the past couple of weeks, no matter how good their form is. I just... I think it all, it all depends a bit. It all depends about getting behind the de- the, the defenders because yeah. at at times they can get caught up too high and a quick turnover and Jamie Vardy in behind is deadly. So yeah. if if they can get two of those chances in, I think they could pull a win. I'm curious to see if Vardy heats back up before the end of the season because I think when yeah. you're when you're that old, it's essential to carry like momentum from season to season. And you got to feel sharp when you end the season because you're not going to feel sharp when you start the next season. And he's like, yeah, he's so prolific. Yeah, I'd say a perfect example for that statement is like Giroud. Mm-hmm, exactly. He, he, he bags at this rate eight to 12 goals a season in all competitions. And it's solid. And he's a great squad rotation guy to get in there when uh, you one of the guys you bring in, i.e., a team of Werner, isn't popping off. You put a Giroud in there who you know he knows who he is as a player. And you know how to get him the ball, and to for him to perform well, and he he gets the job done. So yeah. he, those are those are great qualities to have in your club. I think that's true. Yeah, the identity thing. You're right. It's it's a huge thing. You have to know who you are as a player, and like they're both they're very different players, Giroud and uh, and Vardy, but they know exactly who they are and what they do best, and that is why they score so much. Um, yeah. Speaking of Giroud. Ex Arsenal boy, Arsenal take on Liverpool Saturday, April third at three p.m. Now I don't. I'm obviously more excited for this game. Uh, I think that City, that Leicester City versus Man City, will prove more eventful. I don't have right. really high hopes for Arsenal Liverpool. I think depending, I think it's gonna be a fest. I kind of do. I think Liverpool are going to be saving all their juice for uh, for the tie against Madrid. That's true. I think that matters more to them. I think it matters more to Klopp, more importantly. Um, and and Matt and I were talking briefly before the show. There's a lot of talk about about uh, Salah leaving, and I I put that in one of my footy group chats this morning, and someone was like, "Oh, oh, I love to read transfer rumors on Twitter too." Well, what where the fuck else are you going to read transfer rumors? He probably is going to leave. Why would you want to stay at such a finished club? Seriously. Yeah, you could say he's won. Yeah, he's done what he can everything do. Everything he can there. Right. I mean, they have a Champions League. They have a league title. They have did they have they won an FA Cup while he's been there? I don't believe so. Liverpool doesn't do too well in the the right. the continent or the country cups. Right, but there's like that's a the FA Cup is is a ten cup, right? These days, it's just it doesn't it doesn't mean as much as it used to. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, so if I was if I was Salah, I'd be looking to move on too. I mean, he wants a payday. I'm sure. I know he's getting paid all right at Liverpool, but he's looking for a change of scenery. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. He's given a lot to the club. I think the fans uh, will actually be very unpleased if he leaves. Um, of course, but. 
but I think that he he could move on. I think it's foolish for anybody to think that that he won't be looking to to you know get paid because he certainly will be. Um, but with I, all, I, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think it's critical for Liverpool to keep him for at least one more year because yeah. if you look at the financial side of it, with COVID hitting, so many clubs have lost significant percentages of revenue mm-hmm. and. In this type of market, you're going to be buying players at a better rate if you're a buyer. You're going to get them on cheaper deals because clubs need the influx of money ASAP. So if they can wait a year for things to get back to normal and open up and spectators can come to games and everything and they can get the the ticket sales and all that kind of stuff going, then they may not have to sell him for as low as he might go this summer. Right. But... I don't know his full contract uh, situation right now. I don't know how many years he has left, but it, I think another year would be great for Liverpool as a club. But for him as a player, I think, obviously, growing up, I'm sure he was a huge Real Madrid fan, if he's saying that, and he's watched them all his life. And obviously, yeah. a lot a lot of great players have played there uh, to look up to, like a Zidane, Beckham at times, uh, Ronaldo, the list goes on and on, Roberto Carlos, like... So there's a lot of things that are probably sentimental to him to play there one day. So, I mean, I, mean, I think Bale was the same way, right? He always yeah. wanted to play for Madrid, and it was like that was there. And Bale's coming to the end of his career, and Salah's in his prime. So I think that would be a good switch for Madrid. So I do too. I don't know. But for this this Arsenal-Liverpool game, I th- think it's going to end in a draw. Like you said, I don't, I don't see a clear winner here. And I don't really, I don't know there's been such a break that I've lost sight of like how these teams play and match up and all that. Yeah. There's like a big like hangover in some ways, like or a big blip in my mind where I'm forgetting, but I'm going to go with a draw. I actually am going to go with Arsenal because th- the last thing that I saw from Arsenal was the three, three comeback. Right. And there was, oh, yeah, two, sure. there was two own goals in that game, but Arsenal exhibited so much grit and determination. Um, and keeping themselves in it and coming back and getting the point, I think that they're they're going to be carrying that. I mean, I'm I am certain that that the locker room is still riding that sort of thing, and they're in they're in pretty pretty good form. One loss in their last five, two draws, two wins. That's fine. I mean, we've played some really tough teams. Uh, got that great result at um at Tottenham as well, which is I'm sure still still lingering on everyone's mind and in decent shape for Europa League. So I think Arsenal are in good shape. I think that they actually, um, after getting you know bumped up to ninth place, are going to continue to maybe jump up the table a little bit. Um, I see them finishing above Tottenham, and I think that they could finish above Liverpool. Uh, I know that there we're four points behind Liverpool, and a, a win here would, would really, really help us. That put us one point behind them. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with them. I feel I have to bet with my voice. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, one more thing before we move on. I saw the articles for Lucas Torreira mm-hmm. over the weekend. He just openly came out and said he just wants to leave Europe in general. Yeah. He, he he said he's got no love. Nothing's like nobody's helped him out or anything. He just wants to leave. And he said specifically he wants to go play for Boca Juniors. But he's also dealing with some tough times like all the other players. Like his mother passed from COVID. And yeah, he, similarly with Allison, he lost a parent as well recently. So He's going through a tough time, and I. What do you think about that situation with him? Because he, I don't know if he's still under Arsenal's an Arsenal contract. I know he's been playing for Atletico. I don't know whether that was on loan or 
Yeah, so so we bought him from them, I'm fairly cert- certain, and right. then loaned him back there after last season. So, I mean, he can go. I, I totally understand that. I, I understand um, a lot of players do come to Europe and find it either that it doesn't fit their um, style or taste. So if he wants to go back, if he wants to go back to South America and play, then that's fine. I mean, um, I don't know what what Boca Juniors are going to pay for him. It's not going to be anything special. Um, mm-hmm. b- but I don't think Torreira is even that great of a player. Um, we should be able to do some business in the summer and replace him lickety split for for not that much. He's he's very replaceable. Yeah, it's only five foot five. Yeah, he's a short. He's a short guy. I mean, there's. There's tens, twenties of players that you know you can find out there, um, players that come from the Portuguese league and and other South American players. Um, they're a dime a dozen. You know he's he's really not anything special. I I don't think. Yeah. Shout out all my short kings out there listening. Yep. Okay, moving on. Some of the less exciting games. Uh, Sunday, April fourth, seven a.m. Southampton versus Burnley. Less exciting, but still challenging to pick. Um, these guys, these these guys are dead even. In I know. The table. Yep. Thirty three. Thirty three points. Both negative fifteen goal differential. Um, Southampton possibly top three worst forms in the league. Uh, I think after the turn of the year, have not been able to deal with um, Danny Ings' injury issues. He's always getting hurt. Mm-hmm. potentially could make a return in this game. Don't know if they'll rush him back. Theo Walcott maybe as well might be back. So they're getting some offensive firepower back in the mm-hmm. team. Burn, the other hand, hard team to judge. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, they're also dealing with a lot of injury issues. Ashley Barnes out indefinitely. Um, Jack Cork and Charlie Taylor dealing with thigh issues. So um, I don't really know. This This is a toss up here. Uh, gut instincts as a draw, um, but I think I'm gonna go with I'm gonna. I was about to go with Burnley. I don't know. I don't really. Can you 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 take first? I gotta think about this. Okay, so if you were gonna take draw, I was gonna take Burnley. It's either gonna be Burnley or draw. I do, there is no universe in which I see Southampton winning this. I don't care if uh, Theo's back or anything. He actually was was all right for them at the beginning of the season. He definitely injected a little bit of life into their um, attack, but I don't think I think he's been out for so long that it's going to take him a minute to get back into form. If he even gets back into form, I don't know. He's old these days, right? Um, yeah. So I, I really don't see Southampton winning it. I could see this being like a nil nil or a one one draw. Uh, obviously, both teams not not great scores. Uh, they they don't put up a, a ton of goals and terrible goal differentials. I'm looking like I me mean, negative fifteen. That is just putrid. That is bad. Um, I mean, it's not the same negative fifteen. Burnley have only conceded thirty seven, but they've only scored twenty two. Right, right. So their main problem is scoring. Whereas Southampton score they give up too up many. They, they give up too many goals. They've given up the third most, but. At the same time, I think there's like two nine nothings in there that they had this season. Yeah, holy fuck, dude! West Brom's goal differential is negative thirty seven. <laughs> Gonna get to fifty by the end of the year. Jesus, that's horrendous. I don't look at the goal differential all that much. It's a telling stat, though. Um, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I, 
Go I'm gonna right. I'm gonna go with a, a close Burnley win here. Okay, I'm gonna go draw then. All right. Low scoring draw. Uh, next one: Newcastle versus Tottenham. Newcastle terrible. Steve Bruce's boys absolutely dog shit. Um, not really, not really anything to write home about whatsoever. I don't know what their lineup will look like. This they've had pretty much two different lineups. Um, they either play the uh, long staff guys in the midfield um, and kind of try to shore everything up, or they play a little bit more um, going forward with um, who did they have in there the last game that I watched up top. Yeah. They they played Almiron in the middle with yeah. Joe Linkton and Ryan Frazier on the flanks. Yeah, yeah. And they looked they looked a little bit better going forward, but still pretty flat uh overall. And defensively, just so sus. Tottenham. I'm hearing some rumors about Son leaving the club. Uh I don't know if he's still injured or what. Um the talk was maybe Bayern Munich are looking at him. So we shall see. Fuck. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Can you imagine what they'll have to pay for him? Uh, they'd figure out something to screw over Tottenham, but I'm sure they would. He'd be making a long, a long past, uh, long due pass to return to Germany because they got him from Leverkusen. Leverkusen. Tottenham did. So yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that could just be talk, but I can also totally see that happening. I mean, Bayern are a team that are consistent contenders not only in the Bundesliga but in the Champions League and other domestic competitions. So I can see Son wanting to leave, especially because Tottenham have been absolutely dog shit this season. Um, and they don't seem to be looking up anytime soon. Uh, I'm going to contrast what I just said, though, and say Tottenham, uh, outright winner here. There's there's not a doubt in my mind that they beat this Newcastle team. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Spurs as well. Not much, you can pretty much said everything about it. Okay, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. No, you're good. Uh, okay, Aston Villa versus Fulham is the 11.30 game on Sunday. This could be an interesting game. I'm going to let you attack this, and then I'll say what I have to say. Uh, Aston Villa got the better of uh, Fulham earlier this season in a 3-0 win over Fulham. Um, Fulham right now need the points more than Aston Villa right now. It looks like Aston Villa are going to finish mid-table. It doesn't look like they're going to pick up uh, too much momentum to push into that Europa League title or Europa League place. And for Fulham's sake, Newcastle playing Spurs is a great time for them to play a team like Aston Villa. Uh, if they can get a three points over them, it shows they're really they're really in this thing, and they can beat solid teams. I don't know if they can do it though, because Grealish is potentially going to be back. Yeah. He might be he might be like uh, thirty minutes in the second half kind of thing. But without him, Aston look Aston Villa look poor going forward they look a little lost uh since or let me see the last five weeks aston villa have only scored three goals in the prem without Grealish. uh very few chances they can create but i think for scott's sake i'm gonna go with a fulham win here okay Uh, this is this is the time they need to get this momentum going because if if there's a chance that newcastle pick up a win or even a point against spurs that kind of messes up uh their mojo yeah that's actually that's that's a pretty nice insight i agree um but for the sake of parody um i'm actually going to take villa i i think that villa bounced back this week like you said they've been really flat without Grealish. um he's certainly the linchpin um in in their offense 
Uh, I just think Villa Villa are really like looking to bounce back. I think they need to finish the season strong. Like I said, the momentum that you need to carry um, into the next season is really important. And if Villa can manage to secure themselves uh, a decent spot in the table at the end of this season, I think that helps them next season, makes them a, a much larger destination, right, for players that are looking to, to come over from Europe or from further south in South America and other places. Um, yeah, it's a it's an easier sell to those guys to say uh, we finished just outside with the resources we had and the squad we had, and yeah, and you can tell them like we need if we get two to three more guys in the squad and we can push into these European places and you guys can be playing on a bigger stage and getting a bit more looks. So I don't know. I agree with that point that the higher the table you finish, the better it is for the club. And yeah. I, I look. I actually, while you were talking, I looked at what Fulham's past five games scoring wise was, and they also have only scored three goals in the last five matches. Yeah, I think this game could be a total toss up. Honestly, I don't see it ending in a draw. Actually, um, I think that these teams can actually be really both very dynamic. Um, so I'm going to go with Villa for for the sake of competition. Okay. All right. Fair. Moving on, Manchester United versus Brighton. Brighton coming off a 3-0 victory against Newcastle, um, which we kind of watched uh, yeah. whenever that was. Um, ah, I don't know, dude. I, like I always say, I think United are frauds, but I think Brighton are, are not quite there. Um, cer- certainly not good enough to handily beat a United team. I could see them squeaking by. There was a thriller earlier this season in which United were awarded a pen in like the 94th and managed to squeak away with all three points after mm-hmm. being down for quite a bit. I remember because I actually won. I won money on that. I was down so bad, dude. I was about to cry and throw my phone. And they got this bullshit penalty in the 94th on one of those stupid VAR handballs. Right. Um, it involved Maguire. Oh, my God. I remember that. Um, and in the spirit of winning money that one time, I'm going to go United again. I think that they win this one uh, a little more easily, though. Um, United in the Premier League uh, in their last nine matches have not lost. Uh, their last loss in the Premier League was the 1-0 shocker against Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Brighton is a team that can pull off upsets. They play a decent style. Graham Potter, uh, decent manager in the league probably could be looking to move on maybe in the next two years uh, for better, greener pastures, I should say. Um, we say United don't play well at Old Trafford, and that's true. They There's been a lot of upsets there rather than them on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really see this Brighton team pulling it off. They just, attacking-wise, aren't consistent enough. Yeah. And uh, they they still have a few guys out that are key. And their goalkeeper, Sanchez, has been kind of looking a little floppy at times the past few weeks. He's had some sauce moments. So I think um, a Rashford or a a prime Bruno, I should be saying, will jump on the chances. And I'm sure Pogba will be in this game as well, depending on uh, Ali's team choices, depending on their Europa League matchup. So I don't know. That's also something you have to throw in the mix to your decision. But I'm going to go with United win. All right, I uh, I think I'm with you there. Uh, United win. Next one, Everton, Crystal Palace. This game could be funky. I think. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't like either team here. Uh, They're just like they both throw me off. 
I know. They throw me off when I'm betting on them. I am not ever confident betting on Everton. After the initial six weeks, um, they have fucked me every single time. I've even involved them in anything. Um, I I bet on them to win against West Ham whenever that was, and Mm -hmm. they bailed on me. So I, I don't, like, I have no idea what to expect from them ever. Uh, a lot of inconsistencies in the lineups that they put out because of injuries. If you don't get Hamez playing a full 90, which he never does, it seems, um, and Allen playing a full 90, this team is so fucking unpredictable. It is insane. DCL has also dropped off the face of the planet. Um, Tap-in Merchant at the beginning of the season hasn't really done anything uh, since coming back from a little bit of a, a hamstring issue. Um, the first hamstring issue he's had in his career, but you know, um, an issue nonetheless. And I, I just don't, I don't ever know what to pick when it comes to Everton. They are so uncertain, uh, in my opinion, but I'm going to pick them here. I don't, I just think palace are, are kind of shit. Uh, I'm going to do my weekly coin flip pick. Yeah, this this is a good one to do for that. (laughs) Uh, we are going to do heads is the home team, which is who is it? Is it? It's Everton. Everton's the home team. Okay, tails is away, which is Palace. Best mm-hmm. two out of three here. All right, one for Everton when heads. Second flip is also heads. All right, we're going with Everton. All this right, week. both of us are with Everton. Yeah, I uh, mean, fun... do you have anything to say about Palace? I don't. Well, fun fact, my first ever coin flip pick on this show was Crystal Palace, and they did come through for me. I think it was when, yeah, it was against West Brom yep. two weeks ago, and they pulled it through. So I think Palace will pull through for me again here. I think they'll fumble it. Um, Hamas is projected to make an appearance in this game. Uh, obviously, I don't think it's the full 90, but having Hamas back for even 10 minutes on the field for this Everton side is good and helps them. Uh, Allen should be playing as well so a lot of good signs for them here and for their sake they have a game in hand so they have a lot of things that uh on the line here they they are in a prime position to finish in a top six spot uh with West Ham kind of falling off a little bit giving up points against Arsenal and Man United the two previous weeks so uh, a lot of good signs can come out of this for them so yeah I'm gonna back them okay sounds good I uh I agree or uh, yeah, yeah, Everton. Okay, sorry. Moving on. Last game. Uh, my brain's fried today. I've just been it was a crazy busy. You need food. Emotional day. And also, I haven't eaten. Like I'm fucking starving. Um, but this is the last game. Uh, Wolves versus West Ham. This could be an interesting one. I think that I'm I'm with West Ham here. Um, I don't think that they let things slip like they did the last time against Arsenal. I think that they come out firing here. I can see a Suchek goal, not an own goal, a real goal. Um, And Wolves obviously still missing uh, Jimenez. And I think we've said this before, but he's kind of the lifeblood of that team. They haven't been the same since he's gone out. I don't think that they're really in contention um, against any of these top teams. So I'm with West Ham. Yeah, this is do or die for West Ham because only two games, you could say, is not that big of a deal of dropping points. But when it comes down to this stage of the season where you have crazy squads worth hundreds of millions of dollars worth more than your club, um, even dropping 
one point is massive to where you finish. So this is do or die for them against Wolves. Um, I don't know if Roy Patricio is going to play because of his concussion when he got rocked last game, but they're saying he should be all right. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd like to see another appearance from John Ruddy just for the bants. That'd be (laughs) funny to see. But um, yeah, I think Patricio in there is always a plus, but... I think West Ham bounced back here from that 3-3 draw against Arsenal. Um, they really need this bad. So, And they also won the previous leg uh, earlier this season. They beat Wolves 4 nothing. So I'm going to go West Ham. Okay, sounds good. I'm, uh, I'm with you here. I'd like to let everybody know that I currently have a same-game parlay in for the Phillies, and it appears that it's going to hit. So I'm surprised, but it feels great. Yeah, it's always great when you hit a parlay. Those are the best ones to win. Absolutely random, dude. Uh, sitting on the treadmill or sitting on the elliptical, like the game. It, I'm literally it's four minutes until the game starts. I said I have to put something in. It's opening day. I have to put right. something in, yeah. even if I think it's going to lose. I had a ten ten dollar risk free SGP. I did so max free the the Braves starting pitcher tonight today. Mm-hmm. I took over five and a half on strikeouts because that shit seemed low as hell. He has eight currently at the bottom of the fifth. Um, I took Phillies uh, halfway money line. So by the time the fifth inning comes around, if the Phillies were winning, then I won that leg. And I took mm-hmm. under 10 and a half. So I just need them to, I just need pitchers to start to keep dealing and uh, and we're good. A lot of game left. A lot of game left. Yeah, four more innings, uh, or three more innings, rather. So we shall see. But uh, I don't really have, have that much else to say. Um, <laughs> Embiid coming back on Saturday. I'm looking forward to that. It's tomorrow. Or no, tomorrow's Friday. Um, so just a couple more days without Embiid. Uh, and then hopefully the Sixers are back to full strength. Uh, what would you think about uh, I saw LeBron's out the rest of the season? Wait, is he actually? I saw a couple of articles saying he's done. Really? Mm-hmm. How did I miss that? Dude, it is it is April Fools. Yeah, it's true. I don't know, man. I mean, a high ankle sprain for him at 36. I don't know. It says he's out indefinitely. So I I mean, I guess they don't have a clear read on on him. So but it's not looking good for him in the Lakers right now. I didn't. I saw he's obviously this could be trolls, but he's been talking to Steph Curry about coming to the Lakers, which would be retarded. That would be the most ridiculous thing ever. Uh, Drummond. I saw Andre Drummond got injured in his first game for the Lakers. He has a <laughs> he has a toe injury. <laughs> he literally he's he's out. Like I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but the whole plan was for for Drummond to play center and and AD to be able to. Um, to move to power forward, which would, right, well, would really LeBron's free him out. up, right? And because he should be back before LeBron, right? Well, now it seems like AD is going to be back, and nobody else is going to be there. It's going to be AD and Schroeder, um, and and the Lakers weren't weren't able to to capitalize and, and grab Schroeder for the next couple seasons. It seems like he's going to be a free agent by the end. So hmm. NBA, a lot of crazy things uh, upcoming. I think this next season is going to be really interesting. I'm I'm curious to see um, yeah. where everybody cool. lands. Yeah, it's interesting, especially with the new playoff dynamics for uh, seven to tenth. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Works. Um. Oh, by the way, the NFL expanded 
they expanded their their yeah. schedule, so it's seventeen games now. Um, a lot of yeah, guys not so happy with that. Yeah, they just converted the fourth preseason week into week one, right? Yeah, and I do wonder, which is fine by me. I mean, that means the season starts earlier. That's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's more gambling. It's more fun. I love the NFL. I miss it so much. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's more for like fan service. Oh, it is. It certainly is. And more TV. It's not focused on the players and what they want. Obviously, there's higher injury risk now, adding an extra week and yeah. all that. They're going to complain for more money, yeah. but um, they'll figure that all out with the with the players' association and all that. The next time they make it, they need to make a deal with the league, so they'll talk about it then. Yeah, and I kind of feel for them. I mean, I totally understand that. Uh, hopefully, the, the the rates go up; they get paid more because they are the NFL, especially those guys are putting themselves at fucking risk. Like the the money in the NFL, I think is well deserved. I don't think I. Even if you are getting paid an astronomical amount, I don't think you're being overpaid because that shit is dangerous as fuck. I mean, it is insane. And the NFL does not take care of you after. It, they just don't. That's not... The, the money that you're supposed to take care of yourself with is built into your contract. And unfortunately, a lot of guys don't save the money. They use it. And then by the time you know the end of their career rolls around and they're injured or they have CTE or whatever the fuck... Like they don't have any money to take care of themselves with, and that's why you see so many like terrible like, that receiver that just died, like the Bucks receiver. He was right. he was broke, bro. He was a great receiver. I forget his fucking name. I I should remember it, but um, they found him like dead, you know, OD'd or whatever, or suicide in a hotel room, and it happens all the time. So. Yeah, I I don't know how I feel. I, I'm happy that we get an extra week of NFL, but I kind of understand the plight of the players and I, I understand the uh the argument that they should be taken care of a little bit better. But Vincent Jackson. Yes, that's there you go, Vincent Jackson. Oh, that guy was a baller. I remember having him on my fantasy teams. Yeah, he was a great he was a really, really good player. I mean, for a couple of years he was fantastic. So uh yeah, that I think terrible. that just comes they just they just don't know. They go into the league at such a young age that they're not told a lot of these things from the vets and all that. They're not the the organizations don't offer financial advice. I would say I don't. I'm talking out of my ass here, but I would just assume like the that's not their for, first priority. Uh, no, to it's give not them financial advice and get them get them personal accountants or uh, managers or agents to like look over that stuff. So. Because that shouldn't be their job to look over their own money. I feel like that they should hire somebody to do that because the amount they're given. Yeah, and it's terrible. I mean, you see, you see players like that, people like that, people, not even players. It's terrible to see somebody wind up like that after working as hard as they have or coming from nothing and and winding up somewhere where it seems like they've won. Right? They've won the game of life, and then five, six years later, they're dead because because they just. They didn't get any help. Um, and it's kind of an unfortunate thing. And like you said, players are so young when they come into the league. And a lot of people come into the league and haven't ever had anything. Not e- They don't even have like solid family structures. They don't, they don't know what to do with money or with themselves. I mean, all they know is, is the sport that they played and how to hustle. So it's, it's, a, it's a shitty thing. Um, I could talk about that for hours and hours. But um, to be honest with you, I don't have the answers, so I won't. Um, 
I think that's it for us. We managed to get uh, 51 out of this. Pretty solid. Covered some other topics. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just really happy that the Premier League's back. Me too. Uh, kind, of sick, kind of sick of watching uh, Switzerland versus uh, North <laughs> Macedonia and that. Um, yeah. Still, Timo Werner is dropping the ball dropping the ball in international duty he missed a sitter and i think germany lost to north macedonia over the weekend they did that was the 35th they had 35 in a row 35 uh international friendly wins in a row north macedonia snapped it dude i saw somebody's fan duel slips this guy like eight xed down on macedonia he won like he won like 40 grand that shit must have been fixed 100 percent I mean, this guy bet thousands on North Macedonia to beat fucking Germany. Germany's know, fifth team is better than North Macedonia's first team. Yeah, Germany, I think, is at least top three in the world where yeah. I saw North Macedonia's 65th. I mean, that is downright putrid. I would have been sick. I, that's why I don't bet on friendlies, because they mean nothing. Hmm. Uh, all right, that's it. You have anything else to say? Before we close this out, uh, nope, not really. Uh, I already said, thank God the Prem's back. Um, yeah. Good to see baseballs back and and kicking yep. more more out there for people to bet on, lose money slash make money. <laughs> yeah, like yourself. Yes. Um. Yeah. Other than that, uh, also the weather's getting better, so we can do more stuff outside. Hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. Um. Okay, guys, make sure you check out. Uh, all of our social media at post 20 pod, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, that's really where we post these days. And then obviously the podcast post 20 podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple podcasts. Um, thank you guys as always for watching and uh, we'll see you next week. I don't know. I don't know what day, uh, what day we'll be doing the live stream this weekend or if we're doing one or what, but, but we'll, uh, we'll post it out on Twitter and Insta if uh, if we're getting something going on. We'll keep everyone posted. And uh, until then, we will talk to you guys next week. Everyone take care of yourselves.